going to be kicking off our podcast here with a new series and talking about user adoption for new technology. But before we get into that, I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit more about New Year's resolutions. I know everybody is like, hey, 2023 is here. Let's kick them off or I don't like them. But I'm going to start because I this is one year that I really wanted to set a goal because normally I'm just like, eh, new year. We're just going to roll with it and see how it goes. But I am making more of an appoint to set a timer through my Alexa and sitting down of a night and reading, whether it's going to be a personal book or um, you know, just some author that I'm interested in learning about. So right now I'm up to 30 minutes of a night sitting down and just opening up a book and reading. So um, how about you, Todd? Um, you I love your goal. I don't yeah. have one. Okay. <laughs> Todd's like, I have no goals. I'm just awesome. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think the, the main goals that I have are all, all business related and nobody on a podcast probably cares about. But um, yeah, for personally, when it comes to New Year's resolution, I, I don't have one. I I didn't even make it to the new year because as far as I was concerned, 1130 is the same time as 12. Why, what's the difference? The day is the same. So sorry, I'm a party pooper. How about you, Kyle? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't I didn't set any of these years, but I do commend you, um, Tara, on the reading. I think that's a, that's a good thing. And I think it's good to do it at night, too, because kind of your mind kind of focuses on those things before you go to bed. So I think kind of good uh, mind clearing exercise like that is very well, <laughs> well done. I think that that works really well. Um, you know, like Todd, most of mine are all business side of it, but I, you know, I generally just subscribe to the you know, continue to try to do a little better every day throughout the whole year. So I really don't kind of emphasize just New Year's is kind of the one to do it. It's just kind of me. I'm a big, uh, you know, a one percenter, you know, that one percent every day kind of thing leads to a much bigger, you know, Todd's give you thumbs up on that one. <laughs> you know, I, I think just that, that you know, finding something to improve on every, every day, every little thing makes a bigger aggregate view. So um, that's why I never really emphasize the annual. Love that. Kelsey, what about you? So that makes perfect sense. A little personal background. I used to be a fitness instructor, which now means I really dislike New Year's resolutions, right? The whole like in the new year, you're going to do it. It's going to be great because yes, I will go 110% and then go to zero by the next month. So, but I commend you by the reading. I did set a goal last year to read 100 books, hit it, set it 105 this year because now I'm going with Kyle and Todd going, if I just increase it by a little bit, it's still doing a little bit more something. So, right, it's not. But I like yours of doing just a time of reading instead of saying, I'm going to finish a whole book. So I really like that. That's cool. Thank you. Yeah, baby steps is kind of how I was going to go with it. So we'll we'll see how it goes. So, so far, so good. Staying on track. But speaking of staying on track, let's get to the subject at hand uh, with the user adoption for new technology. So... As always, we got Todd Sorg, who is our Chief Operating Officer and CISO, and then we have Kyle Edder, President and CEO. So as always, I'm gonna kick it off to you guys, and let's just talk about that, user adoption for new technology. How, how do we go about it? Let's just get into it. What does it look like? Who wants to start? Me, yeah, and I want to tangent back to the one percent better every day. Maybe that's another podcast. I, I love it. It's a fantastic theory. Um, so, so the reason why I wanted to start was because I just wanted to kind of get part of the way forward would be why do you go through a user adoption process, right? 
Um, and the reason why I wanted to touch on that is because I, normally that process begins because there is some reason to do it, right? It could be if you're in a compliance industry, there may be a compliance reason. There may be a business goal where we're trying to get 1% better every day. Whatever the case may be, there is something that's causing us to move forward on whatever it may be, new technology, a new hire, um, transitioning to the cloud, you name it. There is a purpose for that. And the reason why I wanted to start there is because that more often than not starts at the top, if you will. And as you're starting to look at what that looks like, when those comes down, you're starting to tell people, hey, we're going to be doing this. And the reason we're going to be doing this is the why. And that's where the, the user adoption begins. Number one, is it's typically, here's what we're doing, here's why. Um, in my opinion, that that next step normally happens at your management layer, and and I know this is a very top down concept, but but typically that's how you get everybody on board. And the reason why I think that piece is particularly important is because a lot of times new initiatives can come across as a flavor of the day, and if you've got the entire leadership team or you've got that executive sponsor, you can say, nope, this isn't going away. We really truly believe on it, and and we're behind it 100%, and you can see that because you've got that adoption at that layer. Yeah, I think that's that's incredibly important. There's always that business, that business driver is the key thing, is, and then communicating the why behind it because we look through many initiative sides that we kick off i'll just talk about from drivers that i bring through it's it's ultimately in, in my role my responsibility is to is to you know focus on the profitability of the company and the and the core values of the company side and where we drive through those things so if we look at solutions that are going to be deployed side on it they ultimately kind of drive back into solving some of those challenges or needs that we have. And it's then trying to communicate to say, most people don't like change, and but here's why we're doing it. And ultimately this is going to make things better is, is our belief and that's why we're doing it. Um, and being in a technology firm side with it, I mean, technology changes frequently <laughs> and it ages very rapidly. So um, we tend to be agents of change on a very regular basis. I mean, three years for us is a relatively normal lifespan for <laughs> for things, you know. So that's relatively short in all things comparatively in a lot of industries. But in ours, that's you know, three to five years is typically what we look at. So that's that's pretty relatively short time spans. Yeah, and I did want to like bring up a true definition um, for this uh, that I found on the internet. So I, not to like bore our listeners, but I wanted to to read this, and then we can kind of get into the meat of that. But I found this that technology user adoption is the process of introducing new technology into your company successfully to ensure your employees start using this. This can be a challenge as users often have different needs and wants and may not adopt new technologies simply because they're used to doing things a certain way. And I wanted to talk about that because I think a lot of us, you know, we we get into that mode of I've done it a certain way, this, uh, this works for me, I know how to do it, I get in there and get that done. But I kind of wanted to talk about that is how do you change that narrative to some of those employees that, hey, I've been doing this for so long, it's it works how do you how do we have those conversations and getting that user adoption successfully implemented into an organization so kind of posing that question back to both kyle todd and even kelsey if you wanted to jump into a little bit here so 
I'll talk to Jacob. Yeah, go ahead, John. Um, We're going to have a fight over it. Yeah, well, I'm happy to jump in. I am sure if anybody's watching any of the podcasts, they know that about me already. Um, So I I think it's a fantastic question. A lot of times when you start to introduce new technology, you'll often hear exactly what you said, Tara, which is, We've always done it this way, right? And and sometimes that can make moving forward very, very difficult. Um, as we're kind of walking through this, it reminds me of a, a Simon, uh, Simon Sinek video that I watched where he talks about, and I think in this one, he's talking specifically about how do you change culture in an organization, but it still applies here. And he kind of divides people into four quadrants. And the first quadrant's that early adopter, that iPod, iPad kind of you're just in, right? So you're the one that's going to be camping out for the concert tickets, or you're going to be trying to be the first one to get the new iPad, whatever the case may be. Those people just get it. They want it. They're there. And then right behind them, there's a smaller, a slightly larger group that is a a quick early adopter. They get it very, very quickly. They're on board. They see the vision that Kyle's expressed that this is where we're going. They're like, yes, I believe in what Kyle said. That's amazing. Let's go. So now you've got a chunk of the business that's already beginning, and then your work is really cut out for you because that middle chunk is you got two pieces there. That first piece is show me how it works, and then I'll consider it. And then you got another group that goes, well, when it's really going, then I'll start to think about it. And then the last but last but not least is that laggard group. Um, I'll see if I can find the link to it. We can share it in the podcast if anybody's interested. But um, that last one, you're just going to have to get the whole thing in place by the time they're going to finally go, okay, well, I guess I have no choice, so I will eventually do this. Um, but that's kind of where I think most of it starts is you get that groundswell right away, and that's how you start. Yeah, I, I think you have to go into it and anticipate you're going to have these different groups of people. You're not going to have the whole organization just immediately rally behind the new technology and, and all come in with hands waving like Todd. <laughs> Explain, they're the early adopters and those um, excited and, and eager to adopt or not, you know, it's going to be a percent of your company side of it. But I do think you need to focus on the key sponsors and identify key people within your organization. You need to be early adopters and on board with you, though. You know, so those are key leaders and key difference makers, sides of those to be your internal champions. So you need to identify those champions first within the organization that you're going to bring into the process side of, of developing this new technology initiative side of that. And, you know, if it's a uh, if it's something to do with an ERP system or change on those sides of those, bringing in the key players onto those to make sure their concerns are being answered and they're addressed and they're on board with you because those champions are going to help deliver the message out to the rest of the organization side of it. So that would be my recommendation is look at those technologies and then identify the impacts to the organization and then identify those internal champions and bring them into the process put them on the on the decision, you know, make them part of that process, make them feel like, you know, give them the power to have say within it. Cause I think by empowering them, you're going to put them in where they're truly a champion for you because they they're part of the decision process with it. 
I, for what it's worth, I 100% agree with that, especially when you look at one of those really large projects like a CRM or, or an ERP thing. If you can build that implementation team and have them be part of that selection committee, if you will, you get the instant buy-in. And then, you know, like I said, you're just trying to get that initial momentum going. They've already bought in because they helped pick the tool. So you've got them. You 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 got it. The hook has begun and now it's onward. And they end up being your champions, the, the cheerleaders. They're the ones that are going to kind of help push it on. Yeah, and they'll they'll identify those difference makers within their teams as well. Because as you look through, there's so many different impacts. You know, Todd, when we talk about ERPs and CRMs, those are so far reaching to touch different aspects of a of a business side within them. But each business entity uses those tools in a different manner. So you're going to have different concerns and different pushbacks from those different uh, engagers for how they use their parts of those technologies as you roll them out. Um, again, having those, uh, those those team of champions on those, they'll have better insight and be able to speak to those concerns with true, you know, um, true understanding of where it's at. You know, coming from somebody in, like Todd or myself at a, at a high-level executive side of it, you're going to get a lot of pushback. I mean, they just don't understand what I really do, um, which there, there's, some, there's obvious truth that. I mean, I, we, we shouldn't have to understand that side of it, but that's why those people that manage and lead within those particular business units themselves are very important because they can speak on behalf of those. And when they have that understanding, it, it will definitely speed up that adoption side with it and, and help make sure that they say, I know why my team's going to have this concern, so I'm just going to address that right up front. Yeah, another area that I I get into, and I was kind of trying to decide if I wanted to tangent off of that a little bit, um, but, you know, because we used ERP and CRMs, and I could easily go into like security tools too. So when Kyle was talking about three years, when you get into cybersecurity, unfortunately, three years is actually a really long time, which freaks people out. Um, but there are things that do kind of carry over. So like MFA is a great example, and um, the reason why I was thinking about tangenting is because there are some things that go into the consideration of how much friction do I want to remove from the implementation that Kyle was kind of referring to is I don't myself or Kyle may not understand what people are doing day in day out and so we may not take all of the nuance into consideration when we say this is the direction we're going but once those decisions are made um, you know we kind of talked about getting that groundswell going and so forth and and then from there in my opinion the next place that you begin is is doing the communication component which is everybody's out there it's a very cliche it's seven times seven ways and i know that sounds very simple and you just say well i told you and i told you again and i told you again and i done now i've said it seven times you should just get it i don't think that's how you do the seven times seven ways i think it's more of a concept of hypothetically and i'm guessing most organizations tend to do this is you'll typically do an all employee meeting whether it's a, a yearly meeting a quarterly meeting whatever you'll typically do an all hands on deck kind of meeting and you do the intro there and say this is what's coming so the nice piece about something like that is you can have someone like kyle come out and say here is the vision this is what we're going to do and then the next time you communicate it, instead of it being Kyle, it's Tara. Tara says, okay, in my team meeting, I'm going to talk about what this is, where we're going, how that impacts us directly. So now I've taken this large vision and I've started to scale it down specifically to my team. And then you can start to get more tactical from there. So you can do a one-on-one -on -one meeting. Kelsey, this is how this is going to play out. And here's what your role is. Um, and you can do a bunch of other stuff too. You can do 
lunches and webinars and onboardings and emails and congratulations and celebrate the victory. So there's a ton of different ways. The reason why I wanted to kind of dig into those details of what those different ways look like is I just want to make it very practical, right? You're probably doing most of these things anyway. This is just a great opportunity to kind of tailor that conversation and hearing it from different voices and hearing it presented in different ways does make the gears click a little bit different. Um, the last piece that I'll throw on here before I stop talking is I'm a big believer in stories too. If you can make it a story, you really get people's engagement. People love stories. There's a lot of research if you're interested in going back to the find a book like this when you're reading at night, um, how the brain works when they hear stories. People's brains just work differently. The whole amygdala lights up and all kinds of crazy stuff. That's a total tangent and I'll shut up. <laughs> no, I, I, those are all, I think, fantastic points on there too, Todd. I mean, the other point, I think a topic when you look at technology adoption that we deal with in our space regularly is just the the need to do because we talk a little bit about uh, compliance and regulatory side of it. And those those are things that, you know, we can pick on the cybersecurity products because those typically are what have to be deployed with those, you know, they're not as big as like an ERP or CRM, but they touch everybody and they're going to impact, you know, usability on the users. Um, and it typically is going to impact, probably take away some simplicity. It's going to put some barriers of entry into their workday that's going to interfere with them. Um, so they tend to have, you know, pushbacks. And unfortunately, it's even at the executive layer, we tend to see the pushbacks that the people we're trying to protect the most are the ones that are most offended by it. Um, I don't know if offended is probably the best word, but it seems to be they, they tend to give the biggest pushback to say, I don't want to be bothered with MFA and it's coming from the CEO or president or the CFO or, you know, somebody in that layer or the owner of the business in some level, which is very unfortunate, um, you know, that, that the understanding of the protection and the need to do this, that this little extra time ultimately is, is saving it. And those things, I think the, the stories and the scenarios need to be prepared in a hand. So they have a, it, there's an educational component to it. That needs to be done because again, they just they what they're telling, what they're telling us is they just they don't understand the reason or they're not sold on the reason for having to do it. it it's more than just say I don't care that the auditors say I need to do it. I don't want to do it. Um, and we all smile because that's you, you hear it. Um, but when you when you um, you know, so it's trying to get it in the scenario and say understand this is how it can play out and this is why we're asking you to do it it's 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 very simple for somebody for for you to unknowingly have granted access to your account and now they're going to be acting as you and it's going to create a substantial risk to the business which is going to you know impact you significantly on a financial side it's having that information prepared and whether it's you know a, a a consulting firm like CIT or some, you know, third party that has to do that, that sit down in that education, but it's preparing, you know, and having some educational talk. I think in many cases, it's more powerful driving that way than it is from an internal champion that may be bringing it forward. So if it's, uh, uh, you know, whoever the security or compliance officer is or the IT director, whoever may be doing that, again, they're just not getting the buy-in from those executives and those other sites. Bring the third party in, help educate, make it an educational side of it so they understand the why and, and the how and, and maybe probably tie it to a story or a scenario to say, I'm going to give you an example of how this how this 
you know, of, of a situation where this would have been helpful and help them to kind of realize how simple, you know, they could be compromised un, unwillingly because that's what they're telling you is they just don't understand. Yeah, I love that. Um, I, I do think um, the other side of that coin, if you will, is, is interesting too, is giving the users the voice. Um, when, when you said it, I've I, some of the experiences I've had in the past is, we'll, we'll just exclude just me, okay? We'll, and then everybody <laughs> else will be there, so we'll still have all the security in place. Um, but, but the other side of the coin being giving them a voice saying, okay, go ahead, tell me why this is a problem for you. Why do you dislike it? Why is this something that's a barrier to entry? And the reason why I think it's important is because when you when you get a little draconian and just saying because we've decided and we're going that way, get on board or get out of the way, you're not going to get 100% adoption all that quickly. There are going to go, <laughs> okay, good luck. Um, and you're not getting there without me. So um, being able to let everybody have a voice and then address any concerns that they may have, right? There may be a simpler way to do something. There may be a feature that wasn't considered, or you may have done something that flat out stops them from being productive. And at which case you need to circle back and say, okay, great point. I hadn't considered that. I really appreciate that feedback. Let's pull people up together. Let's look at, let's see if there's anything we can do to address that. And then we're going to move forward again. Um, but, you know, in the end, if there is a, a bona fide reason of why you need to move on and it isn't going to stop you, you may have to eventually say, that was outstanding. I love that kind of feedback. And I'm going to do everything I can to remove that roadblock from you. But we are still going to move forward. And, and I want you on board and with me on this as we're going forward. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think that's very valid. Is yeah, getting them into the process, having it, and 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 bringing the third party. Like I said, I know sometimes it's difficult and it's uncomfortable for you know an IT director, for example, to feel like they need to pressure the CEO or CFO or somebody at the C level or an owner to kind of feel like I that I don't want to. I'm not that guy, right? Um, and and they tend to fold to it, but. Uh, I, I can tell you, I mean, more often than not, they don't want to be the risk factor. Again, they just, they have a concern. It's not being heard. It's not being addressed side with it. So, you, you know, sometimes a third party may be able to broker that conversation better to identify. And there are some times where you can find the right solution too that maybe can address their ultimate concern of usability or whatever it may be by just, you know, uh, maybe buying up the product a little bit or buying a little different product to address the need that doesn't have as many usability interfaces, you know, interference to them that they may have uh, been concerned with. Or sometimes you got to demonstrate it to them just to say this, this won't impact you as much. So, um, and give them a little white glove treatment too. So whatever it may be, but I think there's, uh, there's ways to bring them into that process. This could be a little bit of a tangent. I'm sorry, Tara, this, if we're saying the same thing, 100% interrupt me. Um, but it kind of made me think as we were talking about bringing in third parties that as me, right, reporting to Tara. So I'm down the food chain, essentially, in this whole scenario. The right, you're saying bringing in a third party that if Tara came to me and said, well, CIT told me that I had to do this. It's more difficult right in that situation for me to be like, ah, believe it, because I don't feel like you believe it. So in those sorts of situations, how do you coach the people just below the execs, the people that are the team leads or managers to go, hey, I also want you to believe it, even though this third party is the one that's kind of giving us the why. How do you kind of coach that belief? And then the second question that I have, which may not be related, is how long does this typically take? It depends. 
<laughs> Has anybody ever watched one of these? We should have changed the name to this to It Depends. It Depends. <laughs> It'll be our slogan for season two. It Depends. That's right, yeah. Um, my feedback on it is it depends on how you get the, the feedback from a third party. So to me, a lot of times when your benefits of the third party are a lot, what Kyle said, they can also be used to, depending on who you are and what your industry looks like. In a lot of cases, you're just looking for that. What do other people like me do? Right. So that might be a good way to, to find that information out. And the reason why I mentioned that is because I actually think it does address what you just asked, Kelsey, which is. Well, the reason why CIT recommend this is because our competition is doing or whatever, right, or company of similar size and scope are doing X, Y, and Z, and the problems they're trying to resolve are so on and so forth. And um, the other part about it, I guess my feeling on it is, is it really is that following down those seven times seven ways of now it's Tara coming in and saying, yeah, you know, I, I, I had a hard time getting on board too, but I see the end result of what we're looking for. And now we're going to tailor the conversation that helps get to you where, what means something to you. Again, I still want to hear the feedback. I still want to know that this is uncomfortable and difficult to path forward, but we are going to do it. The benefits outweigh the risks or the benefits outweigh uh, um, how uncomfortable we're at. And to me, that tailoring of that conversation is really how you typically move forward there. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think what Dodd said is all is all valid. It's it's going to tremendously vary depending on how big of a technology product you're trying to deploy and its size and scale. It's going to have a significant impact as to the time um, time to deploy and go through it. Um, if you compare something like multi-factor authentication side of that, you know that that that's a that's a wide-ranging impact across the organization, but it's it, it's it's pretty quick to deploy. Um, but it's understanding personally the you know those users that Todd mentioned, those quadrants of users within the organization, how big of the pie are the people that are going to be the largest concern and do you have executive level buy-in concern sides with it then you pump the brakes and you make sure you address the educational component and bring them earlier in to have those conversations very early into those sides of it uh, so you can then move to deployment and be done in you know a 60-day time frame or whatever it may be um, you know so it's 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 going to take an understanding of your users of course to kind of help steer that yeah, and, and and try to understand those impacts, but I, I would just recommend that a third party may be the the better voice to help educate because you may get some better results from that, and it may alleviate some uncomfortableness that others may have with trying to, especially when talking to ownership or or C level, if that's where it's at. Yeah, I did want to mention, you know, we're talking about just user adoption of new technology. I think when we when we make that statement, we always like, oh, man, this is going to be a complex thing that we're going to have to implement within our organization. And we're going to have all of these things that we're going to have to overcome. But I think, too, if we take it down to just the simplest form of those baby steps that I kind of even mentioned with me starting with, I'm just going to start reading for 30 minutes and get it into that simplest form for all users within the organization. And, you know, Todd, you had mentioned of, hey, you know, we're going to, as a company, talk about this but then within our team meetings you know we'll address it with all of our other end users but even the simplest form of communicating that within SharePoint of why are we doing this when are we implementing what are the impacts given the benefits the data you know maybe there's even those cool little videos that you can show of time benefits like I'm going to get five more minutes back in my day and I'm like 
great. What am I going to do with that five minutes? How can I be a little bit more productive? So a lot of times too, is just break it down into those simplest forms and still re-communicating that back too to say, hey, we did run into this issue, but this is how we solved it. And, you know, if other people have that same pain point, pointing back to be like, we're going to always update this communication. So check back for updates of, you know, ways that we're implementing that. So just a little thought there, but I know we're kind of coming up on time. So any like last thoughts we want to get in for this lovely topic that we had today about user adoption with technology? I I don't have any. I think we covered it really quite well, Cy, with it. But um, I think your your final comments were very valid, Cy, with it. I think that, that education and just being transparent as much as possible and finding ways to think through and Again, it's just having an understanding of your organization and, and understanding that you, you do need to do some some uh, internal education and uh, awareness of of the reasons for some of these technologies is going to greatly benefit you on when you get the implementation and the adoption of it to have the users actually come on board with it because they you know versus the the hammer hammered down and just say it's deployed or a lack of information tends to lead to failure of adoption and failure of use side with it. That's the probably the key is the key takeaway there. Great. Well, we'll we'll call this one a wrap then. We'll get this one done. But thank you, Kyle, Todd, and Kelsey, as always. You know how we love to talk and you know, super excited for 2023. And for those that are listening, good luck with your resolutions if you made any if not it's okay you don't have to but um you know we love to hear feedback so please go out and visit cit excuse me www.cit-net.com slash podcast or you can also email us at info at cit-net.com if you have any feedback or topics for us but as always we look forward to chatting with you guys next week